everyone. Welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday. It is August 10th. It's 2020, and we have nine baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Coming out of the bullpen hot, my buddy, Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Good, good. The weekend wasn't great. I mean, uh, all the guys that won in MMA were the guys I didn't have, so that that, that wasn't good. I, I said, I'll, t- I'll take Saturday off from baseball. And play some MMA, and the MMA is like one punch; anything could happen. So, but I mean, it's good for GPPs, but it just didn't work out for me. Listen, you should have played NASCAR. You would have made all your MMA money back. It was uh, it was a good weekend in NASCAR. I don't anything. I I don't like even making left turns when I drive. It would it would have been a perfect weekend for you though, because if you just played the projections, you would have crushed. So, like, no, but I don't. I played the op. I played leverage uh, game. I played the ownership game. I would have been dead. You would have had a bad weekend. Uh, the guy that was fifty percent owned dominated the race, so um, would have been it would have, it wouldn't have been good for you then. So you made the right decision by um, okay, so good. But playing. I mean, your projections are great. So I mean, from from that perspective, but typically I look and they go, oh, "How do I fade the fifty percent owned guy?" Right, and, and that, that, it's would, so, that would have done well. It's so different in NASCAR than it is in other sports, in my opinion. I've said this so many times. Like the fifty percent owned in NASCAR most of the time is going to crush. I guess it's still those few times that he doesn't, but... um, Similar to NBA. So, I mean, I I play more chalky in NBA because the variance is lower. Yeah. Well, variance is higher in NASCAR. I need to play the races. Yes, Those are the ones I need to play. And the ones where, like, 15 people get knocked out in, like, in eight minutes into the into the race <laughs> you can play you can play the road course that's coming up this weekend that none of these drivers have ever raced on before um and they're not practicing or anything it's gonna be like here's the green flag go learn the track so um and they it's gonna be very interesting to see how this weekend goes but we're here to talk some baseball let's talk some baseball cardinals pirates uh postponed series um cardinals still dealing with um covid trying to get that under control um you know keep wishing those guys the best and um speedy recoveries but uh, we get started here white Sox to tigers dallas keichel against fulmer and then fulmer is supposed to be um opening for daniel norris uh what's your thoughts here on dallas keichel i think he's one of the top pitching plays on the slate the tigers strike out a ton i know i've been using them as a vomit stack for the past couple of days but, uh, I mean, the forecast is that the, the wind may be blowing in at, like, 10, 12 miles an hour. Uh, uh, Detroit, I mean, they have a 4.3 implied run total. They're cheap stacks. So, I mean, vomit stack-wise, I would like to play them, but I typically don't like targeting Keuchel because he's a ground ball pitcher. Yes, he'll get some strikeouts, but I, I, don't think, I don't think pitching is that great on this slate. That's 7,800 for Keuchel. If he could give me 16 points, I think I'm fine with it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I don't ever play Keuchel, ever. Um, But this is a slate where he's playable because you look at the Detroit hitters and, like, none of them are fly ball hitters. So we got a ground ball pitcher going up against a team that hits a ton of ground balls. Like, it just – he's going to be able to throw, like, six or seven clean innings in this game and put up 20-plus fantasy points at 7,800 without striking out a ton of people. Don't look at the Milwaukee start. Um, you can't look into him making all those guys strike out and stuff, but this is a, a spot where the, he's just not facing a bunch of good hitters. And if he can get it around like CJ Crone and scope and Miguel Cabrera, he should do really well here. So I like him, but it's more of the slate than anything else. Yeah. And on the other side, Fulmer, Norris, whoever the Tigers bullpen, I don't want any part of. No, I'm going to pass. I'm with you. Um, it's not like these guys are, like 4k either they're still kind of a little pricey um like give me like a justin dunn or somebody if i'm gonna full-on punt or something so uh let's talk bats you know we're gonna see a righty start this game and then a lefty come in that's interesting because you know you got jimenez you got a brayu you got some of these power righties that like don't get the platoon to start what are your thoughts here when it comes to the white Sox? I think in comparison to the rest of the slate, they have a, currently have a 5.3 implied run total. Uh, they're not going to be popular at these prices. On DraftKings, Abreu is 5,200. If Encarnacion is back in the lineup, he's cheaper at 3,800. Obviously, you can't play them both together on DraftKings. FanDuel, you can. Uh, Grandal doesn't matter what side of the plate. So he's a switch hitter, but he's 4,700. Like, this stack is expensive, and it's more expensive than... We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the... 
DraftKings not uh, forgetting that the Diamondbacks are in Coors Field because that's going to be the chalk on this slate. But I think if you're not going to play Coors, like most people are going to gravitate towards cheaper stacks, but with a five-plus implied run total against the Tigers and their bad bullpen, like I have no problem. I mean, one-off's great. I mean, I have no problem with one-off's completely. But I think the stack as a whole is going to be much lower owned than it probably should be. If the Diamondbacks were priced up for cores, like 5K a piece, then be a different story. But I think that it's so much of the ownership is going to go there that if I could get these guys at under 10% on a nine-game slate, like give me give me five of them. Yeah, I think they're super interesting on the slate. Daniel Norris, you know, he's not someone that's going to go blow the ball by you. Fulmer is not going to pitch deep enough where I really have to, like, be concerned about him. So – and the Detroit bullpen is is garbage. So I think that this is a spot of the White Sox, like a sec, even like as a secondary stack, they're in play too because like they just open up. They have so many positions that you can play. You can play like James McCann at catcher. Um, if you don't want to play Grandall, like E five was dealing with a shoulder injury, so like I'm gonna need to see him come back and be okay before I start playing him. But like if Robert's going to hit down in the lineup because it's a right-handed pitcher to start, like he's another guy that I like. So um, I think these guys are super interesting here. And as, as far as the Tigers go, you know, I'll let you dig into the Tigers first here. Uh, what do you like here for Detroit? I mean, look how cheap they are. I mean, come on. I mean, Candelaria is 2,400. Reyes is 3,100. Romine's under 3K. I mean, everyone's under 4K. They fill all the positions that you need in the infield. The problem is, is that if you play Detroit, that means you're not playing Keuchel. And then it's like, who the hell am I playing a pitcher then? So I could see a vomit leverage stack if Keuchel ends up getting to be like 30% owned. But Keuchel's also not the type of pitcher that gets blown up. So even though you may get the stack at 15K total, which is like totally vomit, like I still need the the Tigers to put up like seven or eight runs for me to win a large field GPB. I don't, I'd almost rather just play Keuchel then play the Tigers, which, you know, if I'm not playing Vomit Tigers, that means you probably shouldn't either. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, like, just overall what this lineup looks like. Um, Jacoby Jones uh, got hurt over the weekend, so, like, he might not be in there. So, it would be interesting, but, like, I think CJ Crone is in play as a one-off. Um, at 3,100, a guy that has a plenty of power. You're not really sacrificing a lot when you're playing CJ Crone at first base, so... I could see CJ Crone being someone that like I end up playing as a one-off, maybe even on Keuchel teams. So um, I'm, I'm crazy. So don't mind me. Um, moving on. We got the nationals and the Mets Patrick Corbin against Steven Matz. Um, any interest here in Patrick Corbin? I mean, he's strikeout upside. He's 10.4 K. We have enough value bats on this slate that you can pay for him. Uh, I don't, I, I mean, I don't mind him against the Mets. Uh, they're playing in city field. So that's fine. Uh, is he someone that I like, I need to have as the ACE? No, but if I'm playing a cheaper stack, then give me Corbin and a strikeout upside. Yeah. He pretty much nailed it. Like, you know, if you, if you want to try to get different, I think he's going to be really popular on the slate. Maybe he's not, maybe like people go Keuchel, Dominic or something like that. Um, two mid tier guys, but I, I think Corbin you know, there's a couple factors here. Like, I want to look at Weather Edge because it's supposed to be super hot. Um, so I want to see how, like, that's going to affect, like, past games. And, you know, I just kind of want to see what projected ownership looks like on him. If he's going to be, like, super chalky, Patrick Corbin as super chalk is someone I never want to play. But if he's going to be a guy that's going to kind of go under the radar here because he's the most expensive pitcher by a large margin on this slate, I think he's super interesting. Um. On the other side, we got Steven Matz. You know, when you look up and down this Washington lineup, there's just not a lot of strikeouts, um, you know, outside of maybe like Harrison towards the bottom. But a lot of these right-handed batters put the ball in play. Um, any interest here in Matz? No, I'm more interested in the Nationals bats. Yeah, I like the Nationals a lot here too. I think they are super interesting in this spot. So let's talk bats. Um, you know, obviously Castro's, Hendrick, these guys are – Cheaper guys, Suzuki, cheaper guys like that have power against lefties. Um, Full-on stack, secondary sack. What are you looking at here when it comes to Washington? Well, I think this is the case of – I'm looking at this slate, the context of this slate, of that Arizona is going to be chalky. 
Minnesota may be chalky also. We may get to another team that may be a little bit chalky as well. And they're in similar price ranges. So, yes, I'm not a big fan of paying 5000 for Soto, lefty-lefty, but his ownership is going to reflect that. So in a full stack, like playing Turner and Soto in this five-man will give you the same type of price that you get in Arizona stack, but you'll get it at no, at no ownership. Yeah, Castro may be owned at second base at 3500 Kendrick may get some ownership at first base at 4000 Maybe Suzuki a little or something like that, but I think the full five-man is just not going to be owned enough. Not saying I'm putting it in a million percent of my lineups, but I'm looking the same way as the White Sox. I'm looking for similarly priced stacks as Arizona that are going to go significantly under-owned because people are going to look at that and go, why do I pay that price when I could just get the Diamondbacks? Yeah, that's a super interesting point. Um, I, I'm with you. I think Arizona's going to be massive chalk. We'll get to them here in a few games, but they're going to be super popular. They're not really priced like they're playing in cores and they're facing a righty and most of the bats that you want are lefty. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think they're going to be popular. As far as, like, the Mets go – the Mets are kind of an interesting like secondary stack for me, especially if Corbin starts reaching like higher ownership here because JD Davis has plenty of power against lefties. Pete Alonso has plenty of power against lefties. And for some reason, like Michael Conforto is popping in my model. Like he projects like his batted ball profile wise lefty lefty. He actually profi- profiles really well against Patrick Corbin. Last time I was on morning grind, we were, it was the Mets against Corbin. And I said, I didn't mind the power lefties. Conforto's 3,500. If, if Conforto was 4,700 or something like he would normally be or whatever, then I have, okay, fine. You don't play him. But I have no problem with McNeil. I have no problem with Conforto. I have no problem with Dominic Smith. I probably don't play a Mets stack against Corbin, but I don't mind, I don't mind the one-offs. I don't mind a two-man. I, it doesn't have to be Alonzo. I, I, as long as they have power. That's all I care about. I'm not, I'm not going to play, uh, you know, Brandon Nimmo. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess he has some power at 2,900, but like I'm more, more inclined to just play the power bats against Corbin because Corbin could still do well and give up two home runs. So let me find those two home runs rather than try to stack five guys in the Mets and hope that Corbin gets, gets blown up. It's a leverage stack, sure. I just think it's a lower probability. Yeah, I think it would be more like a three-man Alonzo Conforto Ramos or Alonzo Conforto Davis or something along those lines, like just chasing. And like Ramos is super cheap and like he's a catcher. So like that instantly stood out to me. I I like cheap catchers. He's under 3K, but I don't know if we're going to like need it necessarily on this slate too much because a lot of the pitching options are like mid-tier pitchers. So we'll see. Uh, Rays and Red Sox, uh, Ryan Yarbrough against Martin Perez. Any interest here in Yarbrough? Against the Red Sox, probably not in Fenway. But, I mean, I mean it's, not a, it's not really a horrible choice. But, I mean, the Red Sox have, have been striking out a lot. There are more strikeouts in this lineup than, you pot, than, you, than people think there are. So, I think Yarbrough does have upside at 7,200. He's not going to get owned. People don't like taking pictures against the Red Sox, especially at Fenway. But I, I don't think it's out of the question to play. Yeah, I think we got to find somebody in like this 7K range that is not Keuchel and Dovinak. Uh, or like even like I think McCullers might get some ownership too. We'll see. But I, I think when I'm looking overall here, I, I don't hate Yarbrough. I know the Red Sox can strike out, but I also know they have some really good bats against lefties too. So, like, if I'm playing him, I'm probably going to have a stack on the other side as well. So, um, Martin Perez, like, he pitches two ground balls. He doesn't go out there and strike a ton of people out. There is just so many strikeouts in this Tampa lineup. Like, can we make an argument for Perez on this slate? No, but I'm going to make an argument that the stack against him is my favorite of the whole slate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so they're saying Colton Brewer is going to – they're only going to let Perez open in this game, and Colton Brewer is going to pitch. It's a Boston bullpen game. How do you not play the Rays against them? Their bullpen's horrible. Oh, man. Yeah, Colton Brewer, he is – he is a prospect. Don't get me wrong. Um but, like, it's not like he's, like, this lights-out prospect. He's really struggled with, like, command 
and walks in the minors, um, especially last season as well. So, like, command is always – is never what I want to hear for a young pitcher. Um, yeah, like – he hasn't he hasn't pitched deep in games either. Like I, I don't know. I'm with you. I think we stack Tampa here instead of play the Red Sox pitchers. I want them to be low owned. I'm looking at I'm looking at this raised lineup. I'm looking at these prices outside of Meadows. He's expensive at fifty five hundred. They're playing at Fenway. There's a big ballpark upgrade for these raised bats. And he got low at forty six hundred. Diaz thirty three hundred. Choi thirty six hundred. Tatsuko, Yoshi's 3,300. Adamas fills a shortstop spot at 3,400. Renfro, 3,600. Kiermaier, Zanino. Give me all nine of them. I'll make as many combinations as I want. I'm just hoping that that's not like the chalky stack to go along with Arizona. I'm, I'm hoping that Jamino's hamster wheel comes out tomorrow afternoon and I see single digits on these guys. Because if there's single digits on these guys... I, I I I could I could easily see playing them in like a quarter of my lineups. All right, yeah, no, I I think it makes a ton of sense. You know, like looking at the prices, like I think if you're stacking Tampa, you have to have Meadows though, just because he's fifty five hundred and not a lot of people are going to pay for him. Like I, I think you have to play Meadows with cores on this slate and expensive bats, like. You you have to play Meadows. Like Meadows is more expensive than Devers and JD Martinez on the other side of this game against the lefty. Like you have to play Meadows if you're stacking Tampa here because he's so expensive. Like pay up to be contrarian. You have to do that sometimes. Um, no, no, I know I get it, but I mean I'm looking at all nine of. I may make as many combinations. If they had to be chalky, maybe not so much. But on the Red Sox side. Like, I'm more inclined to play Yarborough than necessarily playing a Red Sox stack at these prices. I know Verdugo is still cheap. If he leads off, even against the lefty, who knows who's leads off. Benatendi has, like, one hit in a million at-bats. So, I don't know what the hell they're going to do there. But, I mean, 5,100 for JD. I know he's against the lefty. Devers, 5,200 lefty-lefty. I mean, Bogarts, I guess, at shortstop, 4,500 is decently priced. I'm more likely to play Red Sox as one-offs, if anything. But with the fact that I don't mind playing if Yarbrough ends up at like 5% owned, I may sprinkles in some Yarbrough against the Red Sox who have been striking out a ton. Yeah. I think like, um, Pilar at three K could potentially be someone that a lot of people that are stacking cores usually as like a one-off, you know, he should bat lead off here. Um, lead off against a lefty. Um, you know, Yarbrough is not a guy that is typically like a big strikeout guy. So like a guy like Pilar, who has a very low strikeout rate and a really high contact rate actually makes a ton of sense here at 3K. So J.D. Martinez against the lefty, you know, Christian Vasquez, if you want to pay up to be contrarian at catcher, like he he crushes left-handed pitching. So you can get a really solid like three or four or five-man stack here for Boston. But like you said, it's the pricing. Um, so it really is going to come down to – like, is Boston going to be a low-owned stack on this slate? And if that happens, you know, I always have interest in Boston as a low-owned stack. But I'm also a Red Sox fan, so um, I like the pain. Uh, let's see. we got Twins and Brewers. Randy Dominic against uh, Adrian Hauser. Dominic is the guy that I think is going to be pretty popular on this slate. You know, we, we know the Brewers have not been good. This guy has not – he's not a guy that's going to go out there and get blown up. And I think that like kind of fits the build of like, if you want to go Corbin Keuchel or Corbin Dominic, I think he's just going to be a guy that goes out and puts up like 17 fantasy points and is popular on the slate. Cause he's not going to get blown up. I don't know about that. I think there's going to be a more popular pitcher in this range. Okay. Or, a lo- or in the mid range and whatever we'll we'll get to him. I haven't played Dobnak in every any one of his starts. I think it's 7,500. I think he's overpriced. I think it's a run prevention spot. It's a non-GPP spot. It's a, if he gives you 11 points, you're happy with it. But for 7,500, it's, it's not going to be me. I think Hauser on the other side is in a similar spot. I think they're just maybe both 1K over. If they're, if they're 1K less, I'd have more interest in them. But... I mean, it's a bad pitching slate, so if you wanted to play them, sure. I'm more interested in bats this game. See, that's interesting. I think bats – like, I don't love the bats in this game, you know, as far as, like, 
the Brewers go, but like Hauser is a guy that I like in general, but I like him against right-handed heavy teams. This team is going to throw six or seven lefties out at him, and that's just too many. Uh, you'll see the walk rate goes up, the hard hit rate goes up, the strikeout rate is the same. Like he has, he has strikeout stuff. He throws a ninety-five mile an hour fastball. He mixes in a slider and a sinker. Like he has strikeout stuff, and that's why he's so efficient against righties and struggles more against lefties. So. I don't like this spot for Hauser. Um, I, it's not like I'm going to like – I don't love the Twins, I don't think. Like, I love the Twins in general, but, like, Hauser's a good pitcher, and this bullpen is really, really good. Yeah, but I still think Kepler at 4,600, Polanco 4,400, Rosario 4,400. I think the mid-range – I don't think the stack's going to be really popular with Cruz being 5,600 and Sano 5,100 kind of in the middle of it, Garver 4,800. But I think, I think the one-off bats will be – these are these are the mid four K type of fillings. It's a you know let the lefties against Hauser in Milwaukee. I don't think they're in a bad spot, and Kepler tends to go over owned on on most slates until he gets up to like forty eight hundred or five thousand. So like I'm not against the Twins bat. I'm actually more interested in the Milwaukee bats. That's so interesting because like I. I like Dominic more than I like these Brewers bats. Like you you can make a case here, but like. I feel like anybody that's playing Milwaukee is going to play Hira and Yelich. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, but sell how they, me. See, here, this is the point. I, it's not like I love Milwaukee as they're going to go off, they're going to kill Dobnak. I'm talking about in comparison to ownership. Keston Hira is 200 less than Kettle Marte. Christian Yelich is more expensive than anyone on the Diamondbacks. So, like, they're going to go – who's going to play them? If you play the stack – you, you, you're able to get Avisale. You're able to get the smoke. You could get Mo- Morrison at first base really cheap. Narvaez is still a left. They've left these in the lineup against Dobnak. Narvaez is 4,100 as a catcher. You could always throw in Sogard there. I just, I just don't think Milwaukee's going to be owned. If you, you tell me they're going to be owned, then I, I'm, I'm gone. Fine. I'd rather play Dobnak. I just don't see the Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee stack is, is 3% owned. Who, who's... Because you're going to have to play – you're probably going to have to play here in Yelich, which is more expensive than Coors. And then who plays that stack? I could – I mean, like, it just – from a positional and price perspective, like, they can't be popular if, if Coors is going to be popular. So that's the running theme that I'm trying to see on this show is that I'm not going to not play the Diamondbacks. I'm just trying to find Diamondbacks-like projected price and ownership, much less – that I could play instead of Diamondbacks and then fill in everything else. Listen, if you're going to stack Milwaukee, do yourself a favor and play Ben Gamble. And I'm not even like, this isn't a joke. Like if you look into like his X ISO and X Woba and stuff like that, like <laughs> he's, he's hitting the ball super hard. So like, if you're going to stack Milwaukee, if you're going to, if you're going to pull a blender head and you're going to stack Milwaukee, um, play Ben Gamble of all of all people. Play Ben Gamble. I'm um, I'm writing that down. I'm taking down that note because I'm going to remind you of Ben Gamble when we play the morning grind game. That's fine. Like thirty three hundred. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Like if, if you're, you're stacking, if you're going to have a Ben Gamble take. I'm going to make sure you stick to it. No, nah, it wasn't a take whatsoever. I was saying if you're stacking, I like Dominic. I already said that. Like, um. Listen, if, if he's going to either strike out or hit the ball hard, so like that's what you're. That's what you're playing in stacks anyway. So, all right, let's talk about it. Diamondbacks, Rockies, Robbie Ray, John Gray. Um, let's start here with the pitching. Any interest in either one of these guys? Robbie Ray's 6,300, but he's, he's awful now. Like, and it's in cores and he's awful. Like, if you told me like two years ago that I'd get Robbie Ray at 6,300, I wouldn't care what ballpark he was in. But, I mean, I, I mean, how do you. I, I, I'd ra- I'd rather take a shot on Ray than take a shot on Gray, but like this 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 total in this game is what twelve, like and but, I don't think you, you don't have to go there. Like you're we have enough crappy mid range pitching that like it's a pure GPP flyer. But like John Gray isn't going to be on. Like the Diamondbacks are going to be so chalky that John Gray is going to be one percent though. Hey, John Gray's really changed his approach too. Like he's pitching more to contact right now, trying to generate soft contact and ground balls. Um, 
Listen, he's the ultimate leverage spot. Arizona's going to be the the highest owned team on the slate. John Gray, 7K. Like, he's the ultimate leverage spot, but we have so many options on the slate. I don't think you have to do it. Um, like, if you're playing 150 teams and you want to build, like, five John Gray teams, I'm not going to talk you out of wasting 20 bucks on doing it. So, um, it, it's a nine-game slate, and he's going to be 2% owned. On, and the stack on the other side is going to be, what, 20 25%, if not more? So... Thinking, thinking like a leverage, you know, 1% want to win a tournament. Like, I think it's a way to do it, but I'm not going to recommend it. Like, he, he's terrible. Like, he, what's his upside? 15 points? Like, well, see, the problem that I see with that is that it's not that, like, I don't like necessarily getting pitcher leverage in GPPs. I like getting batter leverage. Because yeah. pitching leverage, you get less upside. So let's say, for instance... The Diamondback stack fails, but they still score four runs, and John Gray gets 12 points. You get more leverage by just not playing the Diamondbacks and playing a better pitcher than playing John Gray just because the Diamondbacks... You'd have to think John Gray pitches six shutout innings. I think that's a very low probability here. Yeah, like, I don't like leverage with pitchers either unless the stats back it up, and the stats don't back it up here. Like, Arizona's not a team that's going to strike out a lot. They're a team that walks a lot, like... This mix just doesn't add up to taking John Gray. Um, let's talk Arizona bats. They have struggled with overall power on the season. And, like, that is my argument for going underweight on them on this slate is can they beat me scoring seven with, like, one or two home runs? At these prices, they can. I know. They <laughs> forgot that they were in cores. I mean, they're they're priced the same as they were if they were in Arizona. I mean, we have, okay, here's, here's the DK pricing. Marte, uh, Kettle Marte, 5,000 at second base. Calhoun, 4,100. Starling is 4,700. Walker, 4,300. Escobar, 3,700. Peralta, 3,900. Kelly, 3,900. Lamb, 2,700. And Ahmed, 3,700. Normally, these prices would be easily 600, 700 more, if not even more than that with a 5.7 implied run total in Coors Field, and they fill all these positions. So, I mean, like, Escobar at 3,700 in Coors at third base, welcome to the chalk. Welcome to Calhoun chalk at 4,100, batting second, right? Or Peralta, 3,900. Like, all these guys in all this combination, like, maybe Lamb and Ahmed, because even Ahmed's going to be owned at shortstop because that's a weak position. Lamb may be lower owned, even though he's cheaper, only because Walker fills that spot. But, I mean, I can't see the Diamondbacks not being the the, the obvious super chalky team just based on price. They'd be chalk if everyone was 5K, right? Because it's course Field. So at these prices, you could build stacks that are like 23K, 22K in course for a 5.7 wide run total. So the, my only argument to not play them is because of ownership but they're going to project as the best on the slate. They are going to project as the best. And like I said, John Gray this season, he's just not throwing the ball by anybody right now. Like, could that change? Sure. Um, does it change in this start? Like if you're fading Arizona or under, if you're planning on being underweight on Arizona, then yes. Um, the Rocky side of things, like these guys are super expensive. So like, this is the other end of the you know spectrum. Like, you know, you, you have Blackman at 5,800 and a lefty-lefty, Story at 61, Arnado at 63, Dahl at 54. I love Charlie Blackman in this spot. I love Charlie Blackman. We don't let cores be part of the morning grind game, but I would take Charlie Blackman to hit a home run in, against Ray in his first two at-bats. Like, that's how confident I am in Charlie Blackman in this spot. Okay, I'm not going to go on that journey with you. Not going to pay 58. I'll play the Yelich over him, but I get it. Ray sucks. I mean, we've, he's seen, we've seen in the past two stuff. He's not old Robbie Ray. He's garbage Robbie Ray. So if you think he, if you think he left back in two years time and he's Robbie Ray again, don't pay these prices for the Rockies, but it looks like Vegas doesn't give Ray any respect either. I mean, a 6.4 implied run total is actually quite low. It probably, if it was Robbie Ray didn't have a name, it'd be higher than that. But these prices are ridiculous. Arenado's 6,300 against the lefty. Okay, I get it. Story, 6,100. I mean, 
you're going to overpay. You're, gonna, you're basically paying up to be contrarian. But obviously, on, in this game, even though the Rockies have the highest uh, implied total, this stack price is so ridiculous. They need to score 10 runs in order for you to make them one-offs, okay. And they'll, they'll be lower-owned. Arenado will be lower-owned because Escobar is there. Story, Story may be a little bit more owned because shortstop's kind of a weak position. But, yeah, like if you want Charlie Blackman at, at single-digit ownership or Dahl at single-digit ownership, today's the day. I'm going to play Blackman. I, I really am. Like, I, I love this spot for him. Robbie Ray is just throwing fastballs this year, too, like, for what it's worth. It's just – he's not even, like, trying to attack hitters with, like, his slider. He's just – he's throwing – I think I was, like, 65 or 66% fastballs. Like, it's a great spot for the Rockies. They're expensive, but it's a great spot. I haven't even looked at, like, FanDuel. I, I guess I can look really quick. Um, FanDuel, it's, it's going to be – like, FanDuel, I think the Rockies will be very, very popular on FanDuel. It's going to be very easy to make them work over there. So, all right, moving on, we got the Mariners and the Rangers. Justin Dunn against Kyle Gibson. Um, any interest here in Justin Dunn? I mean, the Texas lineup sucks, but, I mean, I'm not going to play Justin Dunn. Yeah, and this ballpark with the new roof and, like, it's not playing – it's playing more of a neutral ballpark than a hitter's ballpark like it has for years – I don't really have any interest in Justin Dunn. He can't throw strikes, zero command whatsoever. Um, this team doesn't walk a lot. They're not a very patient team. So, like, if there was a team to play him against, maybe this is the team. Um, is Gibson the guy that you were talking about that you think is going to be kind of popular in this range? Yeah, if you don't play, if you don't yeah. pay up for Corbin, if you're going to play like a mid-range uh, type of type of pitching, like if you're going to pay up for a stack, like I think it's going to be like Gibson Keuchel. I think eighty six hundred mm-hmm. against the Mariners. In Texas, I think that's that's perfectly fine. I mean, Gibson has a long enough leash. He has strikeout upside. He's not the sexiest pitcher. No, he's not. But we don't we don't really have sexy pitchers on today's slate. And I don't think Corbin is necessary. So if you're going to build lineups that way, where you, where you need money for bats, I think Gibson is fine as an SB one. Yeah, I think he's super interesting. I didn't think he'd be chalk, but. You know, it, it makes sense, like, looking at it. Like, people like playing Sean Mania and Hauser's been kind of popular, and I think McCullers, but looking at the matchups and everything, I'm hoping that we're wrong. I'm hoping that we're wrong. I hope Gibson kind of flies under the radar a little bit, but I like the spot form a lot. Seattle strikes out a ton. It helps a guy that has a, a slightly above-average strikeout rate. Um, but, yeah, the matchup is just fantastic. This team just strikes out a ton. Um so, yeah, I like Gibson. I was kind of hoping he wouldn't be too popular here. Um, Seattle Bats, any interest in the Bats here? No, I'm, I'd rather play a ton of Gibson than play the Mariners. I'm more just in the Rangers Bats. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm more on the Rangers here too. You get a guy that struggles with command, get some guys on here, and, you know, solo home runs turn into like two, three run home runs. Stacks start equaling the points really fast here. So, I think Texas is a team – like Texas would probably be massive chalk if Arizona wasn't so popular and this was in the old Texas ballpark. That that's absolutely right. The only problem with Texas on DraftKings is that they're very hard to stack. I'm more likely to play Texas as three mans because we take a look at their projected lineup. We got Chu and outfield. Solak is second base and outfield eligible, but then you got Odor, who's only second base. Then Gallo. And Calhoun are also outfield eligible, Andrews and Frazier. So it's like you're either going to have to fill in all your outfield spots. You're going to have to play two second basemen, essentially. So, like, it's very hard to make this work. You're probably going to have to throw in Andrews and Chirinos just to get a scarce position in. So, like, at the, I, I would love to stack them if their positional eligibility was better, which I may still have a couple, maybe, anyway. But uh, they have power in this lineup. And if, if we're going to get walks and then home runs turn into three-run home runs or turn into two RBI doubles and those types of things, like I don't mind a three-man out of like literally any part of this order. Give me three, any of these guys, as long as you know I, I get to fill a scarce position. Uh, I think, I mean, they all pat Chu, Solak, Odar, Gallo, Frazier, Calhoun, Andrews, that These guys have power. They may strike out a lot. But uh, but I, I think at these prices, we get into the same thing that I said before. It's going to look like what? Why play Texas when you could play Arizona and they'll come in lower on? Yeah, I think this is a good spot. You know, 
Gallo, Door, Chu. Like you said, you have to use a lot of outfield, which don't necessarily love. So maybe I end up more three man stacking them more than anything else. But I, I like the spot. I like picking on Justin Dunn. Um, it's a it's a high upside spot. Giants and Astros. Logan Webb, Lance McCullers. Um, any interest here in Logan Webb? Against the Astros, no. Yeah, like he's been actually a little worse against righties since getting called up last season than he has against lefties. This team pretty right-handed heavy. Um, they don't strike out. This is not a good spot for Webb. And then McCullers on the other side, like he has looked bad. Um, can he dust off the rust a little bit maybe here and throw a better game? Like we have not seen like what, 14 earned runs and three starts? His first start was pretty good, but his last two were just ridiculous. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of recency bias, which will push down McCullers' ownership, which makes me want to play him more. Uh, but it also, but I, looking at the bat, I think the bats in this game go completely overlooked. Who's going to play Mike Yastrzemski? Fifty-seven hundred from Yastrzemski, fifty-one hundred for Solano. Like if McCullers is walking the moon, like. There's no reason not to play not to play Giants because, you know, they turn into three run doubles and two run home runs. So if you don't believe in McCullers, if you're gonna play zero McCullers, I think maybe not a Giants stack, but I think you should play some Giants. I think it's one of the this is this is one of those games where I'm still not decided. I have to see projections. I'm either gonna play some McCullers or I'm going to play some Giants because I think both sides are gonna be under owned. Yeah, like, his first start, his velocity was way, way down. Um, way, way down. And, and then, like, his next two starts, the velocity came up a little bit. But he's down, He's down like, three, almost three miles an hour from where he was at pre-injury in 2018. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's fully back yet. Like, that, like that's kind of suggesting that to me. It's only three starts. Obviously, we're going to be patiently waiting. But, like... He's nowhere near like his bad average miles an hour games from like 2017 to 2018. So I think I'm more likely to stack the Giants than play Lance McCullers on this slate. Um, Giants bats, you know, you kind of already touched on them a little bit. I I don't think they'll be popular at all, right? No, no. I mean, because because they all even Brandon Belt. Like I look at Brandon Belt at 3700 lefty, like. That looks good to me, but I mean, for, there's other options at first base that are gonna people are gonna play because people are gonna look at the name Lance McCullers and go, "Well, I can't play any bats against him," not realizing that if, if he's been pitching so horrible that why can't you? So like maybe like this stack is just can I get behind a giant stack that's the same price as Arizona? It fits the bill, but I mean that's a tough sell. The Giants are not a good team, so I think I'm more likely to. Find the cheapies, the the I maybe get rid of Yastrzemski or Solano and play three mans of like Dickerson, Belt, Longoria, or Sandoval, or or Crawford, or like some some type of thing like that. Then then think that San Francisco is going to put up like ten runs in Houston. Yaz has been crushing the ball, but he's so expensive. He's going to be really really low on here at fifty seven hundred, but. It's tough to pay more for Yaz than, you know, some of these other guys that we talked about. Like, Yaz is almost the same price as Mike Trout against a, a lefty. Like, it's, I don't know, Houston. Um, Houston kind of fits your build that you've been talking about. They're a little bit more expensive than the Arizona stack. And, like, if Springer's out, that will free up a cheaper bat, like a Tucker or Reddick or somebody. Um, is there, are they a team you're looking at here? I mean, I could, I mean, I wish Altuve and Bregman were just a little bit cheaper on DK. They're 5,600, 5,700. I wish they were like 5,100 and 5,000. That would make it a little bit easier, but I mean, they're going to go overlooked on this slate. I mean, I, I don't expect the Astros to have much ownership. And if, if I could get a Reddick or a Tucker leading off and get, you know, and maybe a Maldonado in the mix, because they because Brantley's up to forty six hundred now, Guriel's up to forty three hundred. The stack is not cheap, so I think I'm more likely if I play them as you know one offs or three mans. But if Tucker leads off, maybe I mean it just. Do I think they're going to put up enough runs in comparison? I almost would rather play Texas against Justin Dunn. I'd almost rather play the Nationals against Mats. I just 
it's not like I don't like the Astros. I just think that they're not as much of a priority in comparison price-wise because of Altuve and Bregman being so expensive. Padres and Dodgers, Garrett Richards against Dustin May. Um, any interest here in Garrett Richards? Uh, I, you don't play righties against the Dodgers. It's simple math. Like, just it, it's the facts are the facts. Um, could Richards have a good start? Probably, it's possible. But you look at like his hard hit rate. He's generating no soft contact. You start comparing that to the fly balls and hard contact that the Dodgers hit. Like, they're my top stack on the slate. So we'll get to them in a second. Um, Dustin May is somewhat a little interesting here if we knew he was going to throw deeper into the game. And, like, that's your biggest question mark. Like, he went 82. He just pitched against this team, went 82. Does he get 90 here? Like, he profiles really well against this team. And, you know, the same thing was said six days ago when he faced this team. Like, what are your thoughts when it comes to Dustin May? And it was a, it was a highly efficient 82 pitches. He pitched six yeah. innings. So, like, people may look at that and go, well, how do I not play Dustin May six innings pitched against the Padres at 7,700? So, I mean, to me, it's uh, – if you, if, you th- if you think he could go to 90, I'd, if, if you told me he was going to pitch 90 pitches, I may want to play May over Gibson. Yeah. Right? I would want to play – probably want to play May over Keuchel because his upside is so much higher. His strikeout upside is higher. Just understand that the Padres are not a bad hitting team anymore, power wise, and they just saw him. So, like, put that. I mean, this is like the intangibles of they just saw the same pitcher. Like, he may not pitch as well. So, I think May is the type of pitcher on this slate. If I see him being owned, I want very little of him. If I see him being little owned, I want a lot more of him. Yeah, just like kind of digging into the numbers on him. Like, he is just – he's averaging 97 miles an hour on his sinker. And this team does not hit sinkers well in general. So, like, could it – like, he's up almost two miles an hour. He's around 96 on average last season. Um, I like him, but I want to see what his ownership's going to look like. I, I'll, I'll play him over Keuchel. I, I think he has more of a ceiling than Keuchel if we get that random 90-pitch outing. Um, he's super interesting to me on this slate. I think he gets plenty of run support too. I like the Dodgers a lot. Um, Padres bats. Like when I'm looking at this, like these numbers against sinkers, like I, I really don't have any interest in these guys on this slate. Other than Tatis, they're cheap. I think I, I could play a one-off here. Yeah. Trent Grisham is 3,600. Matt Machado's 3,800. Fam's 3,900. Myers is 3,200. Cronenworth is 2,300. I don't know if I stack them up against May, but I mean, I could find a cheap home run here, possibly. Yeah, I don't mind Gresham. Like, I think he's someone that's hitting the ball really well to start the year. So, I don't hate that one. Um, any like any love here for the Dodgers? Well, I know you're gonna love them, but I mean, I do. The Dodgers fit that bill, like I was talking about with the Rangers and the White Sox. That they're cheap. I mean, I know Betts is sixty one hundred on DraftKings, but. The overall stack price is not bad with Bellinger at 4,900, Peterson at 4,500. If Seager's back in the lineup, that at least fills a shortstop spot. Pollock, Pollock and Taylor are cheap. Uh, they're going to go on. I mean, we see a lot of times that if it weren't for another one or two games, the Dodgers would be the most owned stack. But there's always one or two other games that people get attracted to, and the Dodgers come in not low-owned, but under-owned. Yeah, the thing that I love about the Dodgers here, like I'm hoping Edwin Rios cracks the lineup, first of all. Like he's not everyday player, but I'm hoping he cracks the lineup. And like I'm hoping Barnes catches because like that's a twenty four and a twenty seven hundred dollar player to play in my stack. And then I can play bets, I can play Muncie, I can play Bellinger, I can play Turner, I can play any combination of the Dodgers that I want to play and still be fine to get a good secondary stack and plenty of pitching. So Gonna see what the lineup looks like, but I, I love the Dodgers. Like, like I said, they're my favorite stack on the slate. I think that this lineup has the ability to outscore any team on any night. And Richards just the hard hit rate is just so high facing a team that hits the ball hard already. Like this, this just screams like play the Dodgers. 
I know, like, didn't Richards just pitch against them? And like, yeah, it's he pitched the same a, exact matchup yeah. as the last yep. time. And it was it was a fine outing. Like, uh, they're going to crush him here. They're going to crush him here. Um, Athletics and Angels, Sean Manaya, Julio Tehran. Um, any interest here in Manaya? He doesn't look right. I'm not paying eighty eight hundred for him. Yeah, does not like his xFIP looks good. His walk numbers are down. You know, he's pitching efficiently ground ball wise to lefties, but I don't know, like where's the upside facing the team that just doesn't strike out against left-handed pitching. I just, I just don't see the upside. Um, I'm going to pass on him unless we see like a really bad ward, Adele, Stassi type of lineup where like, you're really just fading trout and Rendon and maybe pull hosts. Then like, you can probably make a little argument for him, but it it really would come down to what the lineup looks like. It, it has to have the guys down there at the bottom that look bad. Well, I mean, it's 8,800. If it, we were talking about it yeah. 7,000, I'd be okay, maybe. But even then, maybe. 7,000, I'd be saying maybe. 8,800? Get <laughs> out of here. Tehran at 7,400? Is he going to pitch more than 80 pitches, even? I mean, he pitched, like, what, I think 62 is last adding. I never trusted Tehran when he played for Atlanta. I'm not going to trust him here. Uh, the, the A's have... have a good lineup. The only problem with the A's bats is that they're way too expensive. They've the, the A's have been priced up for the past week for no apparent reason. So that would make me want to play Tehran since I'm not playing the A's. But seventy four hundred for Te- I, I I'll find the three hundred and get Dustin May. I'll find the four hundred and get Keuchel. I'll find the twelve hundred and get Gibson. Hell, I'll trafile all the money and get Corbin. I'm not going to play Tehran at seventy four hundred on the slate. Yeah, he was only built up in, in spring training 2.0 or whatever they – summer 2.0, whatever they want to call it. He was only built up to, like, 60 pitches. So, like, he wasn't going deep in that Seattle game no matter what. He struggled against Seattle. I think Oakland is a better overall lineup than Seattle is right now, and I don't expect him to go deep. I'm going to pass. But I'm also not going to load up on, like, the Oakland bats. Like, if you want to play a one-off of, like, Mark Kana, like, he has been crushing the ball this season – Olsen's always an interesting one-off play. Like, I could see playing one-offs from both sides. Like, Trout's a one-off play. Rendon's a one-off play. You want to play a two-man of Trout and Rendon. Like, I'm not going to talk you off of it. It's just this game is full of, like, if I end up in that range, one-off or, or two-man stacks more than, like, I'm not stacking, full stacking any either one of these teams. I agree with you. Like, Semien's 5,000. Laureano's 5,200. Like, they're, they're, they're just overpriced. I'd rather play Astros. I'd rather play Rangers. I'd rather play Dodgers. It's just that, like, they just if, – if they were priced 10% cheaper, then we could start talking. But, like, yeah, I'm looking at a Matt Olson one-off. I'm looking at a Mike Trout one-off on the other side or Rendon. Like, like that's about it. The, the, I probably don't have much of this game at all. Yeah, I just – I don't know. This game – this game just screams stay away. Like Trout's a fantastic play. Like he he's gonna hit a home run against Manaya because that's what he does. But uh, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. Looking at uh, DraftKings, give me a guy under eight K to get uh, six or more strikeouts on the slate. Six or more strikeouts under eight K. I'm gonna go with Dustin May. It runs. Taking my guy. Shouldn't have hyped him up so much to you. Um, took my guy. Who else would I take? Like, what, you going to take Randy Dobnak? No, I'm not taking him. No, like, realistically, like, if you're looking for just pure strikeouts, you're probably going with, like, a Yarbrough. Um, he's probably the next best option to get that many strikeouts in this range. Um, over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust at the top? There's not a, a ton of options. Right. easily. I'm going to go Hauser. Um, I think McCullers too. Like I, I don't like either one of those guys. Uh, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run. Not in cores. Not in cores. I'm, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay with my Rays. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Brandon Lowe. Or Lau. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you pronounce it. He's going. He's going Lau in here. Um. Oh, which Dodger? Which Dodger should I pick? Um, give me, give me the expensive righty. Give me Mookie Betts. Take the lower on Dodger. Um, give me a guy under four K to get two hits. Under four K to get two hits. I'm, I'm, I think I'm still sticking with the Rays. Uh, let's, let's. I have so many to choose from. <laughs> 
Which one? Okay, All of them. <laughs> give me Yandy Diaz. All right. And you're taking Ben Gamble. You're forced to. Nope. I'm taking Edwin Rios. And if Edwin Rios does not crack the lineup, give me Ben Gamble. Sure. Okay. Why not? Um, give me a stack to score six or more runs. Tampa Bay. I'm just doubling down, tripling down. Tampa Bay. All right. I'm going to go Dodgers. I got to make a Tampa Tampa Bay Rays Dodgers stack now. Like, it's just um, – Finish this off here. Anything, um, any, any over under or any prop? Tampa like, Bay, baby. <laughs> we just double, triple and quadruple down. Let's see. I want to see if the line's out for them. Um, I don't even think it is. Probably not. Baseball. Let's see. Tampa's line is not out. Um, yeah, Dodgers are a huge favorite. The Angels are a dog. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Well, I think that the Manaya gets respect from betters for no apparent reason. Yeah, like I think I'm going to take the Angels money line. Angels minus one or plus one twenty. That's that's an interesting line from night before. I think that moves a little bit. So it's not like Julio Tehran's grid either. So I'll have my I'll have my sharp side lock. I'm on Grinders Live um, with Kirk D's and Dean. I'll have my sharp side lock later in today so uh blender tell us about your book and then let's get out of here oh don't sound so excited no i'm always excited i'm super tired man there was four cup or there was four nascar races in in three days i'm i've slept maybe six hours this weekend so i'm oh. ready for bed oh theory of dfs.com if you want to take my audio course it's like an audio book it's 15 hours long a bunch of people on roto grinders have already taken it uh one of them uh, also is a bad subscriber uh, he's taking the course. He's listening to me. He just over the weekend, uh, he split first in the big GPP and MLB for $62,500. So, uh, so if you want to learn game theory of DFS, not like how to play the sport, but just like the mathematical game theory, cash games, GPPs, whatever, theoryofdfs.com, go check it out. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Monday. Like I said, I'll be on Grinders Live. Um, I think it's at 5.30. could be wrong, but we'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball in the morning grind. Hope everyone has an awesome day. Hope everyone had an awesome weekend. See you guys tomorrow.